Greetings, listeners, and welcome to another Pure Fandom podcast. I am the co-founder of Pure Fandom, Liz Peru, and we have a special Pure Fandom podcast for you all today. This is all about Drag Race. So as you know, we are covering RuPaul's Drag Race, and we love covering the show. It's been a blast so far. And this podcast in particular is going to cover just drag culture in general, why you should be a fan of drag, and then, of course, the wonderful show RuPaul's Drag Race. I have some amazing guests with me today. Um, first off, our queen of honor. I guess that's what oh I'm going to call you. What an upsell. Yes. Um, Boy Gorge. Hello, hello. Hey, girl, how are you? Hello, fandom. Hello, Liz. Thank you for having me. Of course. You look beautiful. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. This beaded gown weighs a ton. I know. I have to, like, edit Looks it so out because though. there's a these, lot of noise. All these pads. And mm-hmm. I'm in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. But pain is beauty. There you go. So my mama told me. And I have one of my dearest friends and probably mm. one of those talented photographers I've ever had the pleasure of just, you know, being near. Um, Donnie Corum. Hi. Hi. Hi, Liz. Hi, fandom. I don't know who I'm talking Did I talk to the fans? I know. You can it's... talk to the fans. Hi, fandom. Mm-hmm. I'm about to teach you some stuff. That's right. Yes. All um, the lessons are about to happen. Just like I, I taught Liz. Just like I exposed Liz. You did expose me. I remember my first drag show, I think would be... No way. It wasn't with me. It had to be at Talbot. That it was, was. Oh, it was at Talbot. It's definitely at Talbot. It was like the best indie drag venue. It, well, I mean, that's the only one I went to yeah. at that time. Well, now we have Sony's and it's like a gay cheers. That's like like how I sell it. Really? Yeah. I'm like, if you love yeah, cheers, totally. like come to Sony's. It's like the gay version. So like, it's cute. It's homey where Talbot was more like circuit. Like, yes. that was like, yeah, very, totally. like they could have gotten away with doing mm-hmm. like big, like I grew up watching Queer as Folk. And so like, um, mm-hmm. it was very like Babylon-y like to me. So yeah. I was really into that. Yeah. that. Very fun. There's the 8.30 show on Saturdays, I hear. 8.30. So I run the 8.30 show on Saturdays. Um, mm-hmm. You can join the Boy Gorge and Indie Legend, Miss Alana Steele, um, and all kind of other shenanigans. I just kind of pop up wherever wherever I feel like I can cause, like, a stir. I'm like, oh, my God, like, it's me and, like, all the things. I love it. <laughs> Touch my body. Touch my body. If I, um, if I were a drag queen, I think my drag name would be Miss Mariah out of respect for Mariah Carey, which is why I'm always Team Shangela, because when she did that Mariah Carey with the butterflies. That was sick. <sighs> I loved I loved the fact that she was just in character the whole episode. Yes. That was f- freaking wonderful. Would you have loved it if you were there, though? Like, if you were one of the other contestants, would you have, like... Oh, God, no. Yeah. Like, I'd have been, like... <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah no. I would have, like, showgirls that shit. Like, <laughs> right. Thrown some beads on the ground, all like graceful. I can be like, sorry, bitch. Oh hell <laughs> like, yeah. yeah! Oh, I love it. Um, oh wait, but no, I really think my first drag show. I'm just thinking this again. I think it was Asia, and I think oh, it was with you. Duh. Yeah. I don't know if it was with me, but I feel like Asia was a lot of people's first drag. Show. Maybe that's the first one I like remember. Like I probably went with like a weird bachelorette party and one was, was one of those like basic well, bitches. Yeah, edit that out. Don't talk about oh, sorry. That. Hey, but I'm converted. I love it. That's, well, that's why we're doing this, because a lot of our fans are just starting to watch the show and love it. And on Twitter, at Pure underscore Fandom, mm-hmm. you guys tweeted a lot of questions about um, wanting a podcast just on drag and featuring a drag queen. So we have one of Indy's most lovely queens here, Boy Gorge. Hey, girl, I, hey. I'm acting like I'm not making that face right now, but hey. <laughs> you can also follow me on Twitter at, at whoisboygorge. So there's that. Hell yeah. And the link in this post has a link directly to it. So you have no excuse not to follow oh, yes. either of these bitches. 
Um, I get raunchy. I am raunchy. Astani. I told boy, I was like, yeah. the only reason I'm seeing porn in my feed, well, yeah, portion is because it's like boy gorge, like. I so I didn't know. Me, I was like, "What? I don't post porn anymore." Totally, like, and like when he, he called me out, I was like, "I didn't know that that was popping up in everyone's feed." Like, <laughs> oh my God. like, is it is it Chichi Larue? Like, she's like a porn house like queen. Like, that's like her right part of her brand. And so I follow her, and then like I follow like Jack Hunter and like all these like really like studly men. And then mm-hmm. I'm like trying to keep up on Twitter, which Twitter is like such a like crazy beast to like kind of manhandle. But so now I know yeah. not to like porn on. On Twitter, don't stop because oh, yeah. it all don't stop for you. That's your me. brand. I mean, a couple of times, it is totally my brand. Like, <laughs> like, boy has been through a couple husbands, and she is she a hoe? She's not done yet. She a hoe? Oh no, she's look not. how young she is. She's not done. Right? Oh, look at the skin, touch it. Touch oh my gosh! And of course, we have Donnie here, and Don, you have photographed some of the most famous of drag queens, um, just to name a few: Raja. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't even know where to start. Uh, Trixie. Katya. 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 Katya was amazing. Bianca. Courtney. Adore. Um, Manila was the very first one. I was just about to say that was my favorite with your infamous shot where you um, took a picture of them getting ready in the mirror and Don's in the background. Yeah. I don't like to ask for pictures with anybody. I don't like being in pictures. So it was like my document of the Mm -hmm. cool moment. Like, because at first I was like very exciting. It's still exciting, but at first it was kind of like, I can't believe I'm shooting these people. So yes. I was like, instead of, will you take a picture with me? Which I don't even like taking pictures. I was mm-hmm. just kind of sneak myself in the mirror while they were getting ready. And Hell yeah. Chick. It's very candid. It's mm-hmm. a very candid moment because I'm the opposite. I remember I had, I did not purchase tickets to see Raven, but I was at Talbot, was dating somebody who worked at Talbot and like booked my ass to the back dressing room. Mm-hmm. And like, I have like security like following me. Like I'm literally like sprinting. Hell yeah. She's probably so, like, drunk by that point. She was like, what? I was probably oh, I got hammered with her. so, so hammered. Great. Was that the same show maybe? It could have totally been. Who did you go backstage for? Because you may have been there. Raven. Liz, I don't think I was photographing that night, but I know you f- went backstage. It might have been Raven. I think it was Raven. I don't She's, think She was totally cool about it too. Like I literally made it to the back yeah. room. Security like has their hand on my shoulder mm-hmm. and is about to like remove me and Raven's just like no like he's fine and so like she taught me how to take like selfies on my phone like I had just oh. turned twenty one it was a beautiful moment Raven's then, a like, favorite she's awesome well yeah. and they love it too because I think that's again it's you're building a fan base so right. and that's that was I think Talbot was a more intimate um, venue yeah I mean if they're do, if you're doing a for show, queens like that yeah for, for queens sure, like yeah. that like it's more of Oh my God! Why are they back here? How'd they get back here? Right. Like you can literally you well, can just little, walked down that. At that time, I was a tiny ass twink boy, like out of drag. So like, <laughs> she was probably like this bitch. Like, I could take him with my pinky. Like, if he tried anything squirrely. <laughs> yeah. So like, she wasn't in, she wasn't being threatened any. So. It was cute. It, it was like oh, it's it was really cute. And it's something that I remember like vividly. Also, though, at Talbot Street, the the drag race girls are pretty sequestered, mm-hmm. and they like to interact. Yeah. Well, most of them do that I've yeah. met. They so. She's probably like, he's let him back here. We always yeah. did at drag shows. I mean, you had a, you kind of had an, in any ways because you were photographing them. But right. I felt like I got a very well, and that was pre meet and greet days. Well, they were sequestered yeah. from like the lo- like they got ready in an entirely different room than the local queens. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Which there wasn't oh. really room for them where the local girls because the local girls like that's their home. Right. So there wasn't really. It's kind of like, like their guess. studio. Yeah, they just had. I think because you would get ready in the opposite theater, like the opposite yeah. area, because like. At the time, like, my boyfriend literally looked at me and he said, I'm not responsible for you if you get caught. Like, don't, like... Like, if you get kicked out. Yeah, like, don't mention me. Because, like, I mean, that's his workplace. And, like, we had mm-hmm. very much, like, in a moment between me, like, going into it, like, a full, like, like, moment. Yeah. Like, I was just like, all right, I'm doing this. And he was like, all right, I don't know you. 
I was like, that's fine. I was like, I'm gonna meet this bitch. And so, like, I mean, it's a labyrinth back there too. So like, I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. There's but, like, like the, not the kitchen, but like stock basically. Yeah. You have to run. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah, Re-wash. it was a, a monumental moment. Anyway, I love it. No, this is um, a great way to start. Um, just kind of, I just want to ask some questions. Just sure, in sure. general, um, you know, what is drag? That's a, such a crazy question, but I think if someone's going to ask, like, what's a drag queen? What would you say? Um, I've actually been asked this question a lot lately, and I think in terms of just expression and, like, self-expression, like, it's very much rooted in that, where, like, drag is the manifestation of, like, gender. And so, like, for me, being an infeminate gay boy, I obviously feel more inclined to, like, express more infeminately. Like, I, that's my comfort zone. Um, hence the birth of, like, boy, where, like, um, for you or for, like, Donnie, like, you can have the expression of being, like, more masculine or more feminine. Hence, like, where you have, you have drag queens and then you have, like, male entertainers and you have, uh, like, drag kings. And then, I know this is a taboo term and I don't mean this to be, like, discriminatory, but you have, like, hype queens. And so it's a real women. Which is, I don't even know that. Those are, there's, like, hype queen, divas. There's a, there's a wide range of names for what it is, but apparently it's extremely discriminatory to call them by that because... They're trying to take away the parameters of, like, or the discriminational parameters of, like, a real woman doing drag. That's Hype Queen? That's That would be, like, a Hype Queen oh, diva. I've heard, like, Bio, Bio Queen. queen. Yeah, okay. So that would be, like, yeah. me doing drag. Yeah. Yes. Which is, and, like... It would be, well, I don't know. I might be speaking on a term, but it might be you doing drag as a female absolutely uh, so what you're doing is you're you're um accentuating the feature like the already infeminate features that you have mm-hmm. putting together the costume and kind of frocking up to go to to do a venue pepper mills is what i'm thinking no pepper, you, okay. yeah like a local queen would be like pepper mills um i believe bunny bunny she still identifies as being a burlesque dancer um and so you have a lot of crossover and there's a lot of like gender expression is very much an open-ended thing for for drag like that's just like to me that's what drag is is the expression mm-hmm. either of a hyper realized version of your your actual gender or opposite it's like it's like um and then to kind of go into like terminology i know that's something that you wanted to cover but like um you'll have like like fishy girls or like bu- like butch queens or like clowns like there's a bunch of like mm-hmm. subcategories but like you'll have like instagram girls or you'll have like like different brackets but for me a drag entertainer is somebody who frocks up for the intentions to go into a venue put on a show um and for some girls it stops there um for myself i take pride in like going out to like other venues after a gig and like mingling and networking that's when i see him most like, often. that's a business like yeah i'm running a business mm-hmm. it's it's more it's more for me and like mm-hmm. being being the queen on the podcast like i guess i can speak passionately towards this mm-hmm. and then like in a, in a f- terms of like fan like donnie can like kind of like talk about like what that impact has because like it could inspire someone to either do it or inspire someone to get more invested into the local scene you know people who are fans of drag race often have these very strong opinions about these girls on the show and that's wonderful mm-hmm. it's absolutely beautiful um but it's i think i've seen a couple of drag race girls you're not a drag fan if you just support the girls on drag race you're a drag fan if you support your local girls and honestly like in order for us local girls to get to that like level we need the support from like our local fan base totally. oh definitely and you can see that on like this season season 10 of drag race um Calorie Kardashian, you know, mm-hmm. she was like, repre- I mean, she kept saying, I'm representing New Mexico. 
Right. Like, these are my people. Like, I'm, I just feel like I failed my fans because the fans are who got her there, which is why it was so emotional. I always hate seeing girls get hard on themselves because we had that moment with um, Magnolia Crawford. Was that, like, she was really hard on herself. Like, these girls who go home first or second, like, they mm-hmm. get really hard on themselves. And I think in, like, the political climate that we're in, a girl representing for New Mexico on an American-based like Mm -hmm. drag show like that's a minority competing with another minority for like um like a full spectrum of representation yeah because drag is also political i mean gender is political yeah Mm -hmm. 100 percent. so from a fan's perspective how do you get i know sorry it's like i won't won't make it generic it's such an open-ended question so i i like to know well i think it's interesting and why i wanted to have you on the podcast is you are a fan of Drag Race, you're a photographer, and you're fortunate enough to marry your passion with a fandom, which I think is super rare and super awesome. So I'd like to know, how did you, or when did you become a fan of drag? And then when did you cut, when, when did it click in your head that you said, mm, I actually, I want to photograph these girls? Sure. Um, I, my first drag show, I was 21, I'd been going to Talbot, which was at the time like the local gay place to be, especially on a Saturday night. Um, I'd been going to, to Talbot, but I'd never seen a drag show. And I remember my photo one instructor it was like the end of the semester. And she was like, you don't, you don't see the drag shows. I was like, I haven't been yet. She's like, we're going to go. And I don't know if we were like allowed to like supposed to hang out, but we did. And like you mentioned, it was Asia LaBouche, mm-hmm. uh, who ended up being the first drag queen I ever photographed. It was like, um, Boy Gorge mentions, uh, Lana Steele, who I was like, she struck a chord with me. Cause she was like, I don't want to like. At the time, for me, I would say she was a top 40 girl, which only meant she was doing all the top 40 stuff that I liked. It was, like, Pink. It was Kelly Clarkson. It was mashups of, like, Gwen Stefani. Uh, okay. And it was, like, stuff like that that I just, like, lived for. It was Vicky St. James. Um, Vicky! I think at the time, they were the three local permanent cast members, and then they just had, like, rotating guests, because Coco wasn't even there yet. And Sage came in after Sage was Alana. even after, yeah. Was after Alana. Yeah. So, I don't know, honestly, what clicked with me. It just felt like, that walking into that, so Saturday night's, the shows were in like a side theater versus like the main bar. And it just felt like walking into a different world, like a really exciting world that like, I mean, it got lined up. That 1 a.m. show was like, you couldn't get into. Like you had to like stand in line unless you like immediately, as soon as the first, the 11 o'clock show ended, like you had to like rush that theater to like have a comfortable spot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just really started appreciating it. I would witness people um, who kind of, um, I think treated the Queens as novelty and kind of like as other who would be like, um, I'm trying to think of an example. I remember there was one example, they were, I was with a girl who I worked with at the time and she was just like, uh, I can't remember the exact conversation, but she was like kind of mimicking them and not in, not in a disrespectful way, but just in a way that I don't think she, that's the only way she knew how to interact with them was like, well, look at my hair, where'd you get your hair? And it was just, it didn't seem genuine, but then my friend Beth went with me one time and it was completely opposite where um, Asia had complimented her nails and her nails were done like a normal, like, you'd go into a salon and get your nails done. They weren't, mm-hmm. like, big drag nails that, like, bedazzled and whatever. Yeah. And Beth was like, well, let me see yours, which was a genuine... It wasn't, like... It just felt genuine versus, like, surface. Like, well, no, you have good nails or whatever. And she was like, let me see yours. And Asia, I think, had probably done her own nails. And she was like, look at this, detail, beautiful. It was, like, that interaction that seemed more genuine. And I was like, okay, there's a misunderstanding here. There's a disconnect, I think, from people. Even people who want to be there, there's still that disconnect of, like, other versus what am I trying to say? Other versus um, a human interaction, kind of. So that right there, I was like, there's a lack of respect, there's a lack of understanding, so I want to start photographing drag queens, and Asia LaBouche was the first person I reached out to. 
first person, uh, luckily, who agreed. We had a really awesome project. I thought I got to spend all night with her. Um, and then I think, so I don't know why I became a fan. I think becoming a fan of drag was just a new world. It was exciting. It was an art form that I thought was valid in a ton of senses that maybe not everyone saw. And then I would kind of stopped doing photo work after graduating and then I wanted to get back into it but I didn't know what to do I mm -hmm. feel like I'm taking too long so I'm trying to speed up no you take your time you're not oh, taking you're too long at all you're this saying you're saying all the right words okay, like, okay. we're just like mesmerized we're I'm just like, like looking at you because yeah. it's so true because as an artist it's easy to get attached to something that's an art form and I love that you said that's why you wanted to not to interrupt no, but I just love that you mentioned I did it because I saw there was a disconnect because I think initially and I think I probably did this too my first time seeing drag if I didn't have you when I really started becoming a fan kind of walk me through their process of yeah. it's not just oh I'm gonna dress up and be blah and go like you know live my dreams and lip sync it's so much of a persona it's what you were saying boy about um kind of the most creative innate parts of you just being expressed in this super elaborate and I mean that in a wonderful way absolutely and um that's why it's so special when you see someone do this because when you see a good lip sync mm -hmm. you're like yes like well, that person is living right now it's an illusion and it's a fantasy and Donnie spoke to stepping into this world and uh, to backtrack real quickly. So my first encounter with drag was on a campus show at IUPUI. It was Petra Weave Go and Jax. Latrina, Latrina Bidet. And later on down the road, um, I was there like watching. I was there with Apollo Summers and I was like, I want to I want to do something like this, but I don't want to be a woman. But I also don't want to be a man because like I, that's just not me. And so it was a really complicated time for me. Um, but the fantasy was different for me. It wasn't that I admired it. I did admire it. Like, that was obviously a thing, but I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and so talking and speaking to the fantasy, the fantasy is a fully realized thing. It's, it's, it's the look and it's the song. If you can captivate somebody by your look, then you're doing something right, which is wonderful. And which I've seen Boy do of... many a time. Thank you. Many a time. Thank I'm you very honestly, much. <laughs> I need to apologize to you right now because I feel ashamed I haven't even seen you. But That's to fine. be fair, I have not been out Ask him. It's part of the show. allure. It's part of the allure. My brand, like, who is Boy Gorgeous, is a, is a matter of when you hear the name, you automatically, you automatically get like your own preconceived notions. You're like, oh, he's gonna impersonate Boy George. Like, so you're expecting like dreadlocks, and you're expecting like come a chameleon. I don't. Like, I feel like Steve Boy, Bo. you don't even know what to expect. You and that's just mm -hmm. by name, like what I love. Woman doing yeah, a like literally. I get all the time, we never know what to expect from you, mm -hmm. and it's the biggest backhanded compliment that I can get because it means that that I'm keeping you on the edge of your seat and that's good, you're engaged. Mm -hmm. And then l relative to like the numbers that I'm doing, like I try to do a lot more like uh, empowering numbers. Like top 40 is usually like love songs. Like I want you to love me and like, why don't you love me? Or like um, through going through a separation of my own, like I found this very like, mm -hmm. I don't need that. And so I do like things like Hush Hush by the Pussycat Dolls, which is a very like empowering song of like, I don't need you to tell me what I need. I'm going to go find it on my own. And so, like, I do songs like that or, like, Pink. Like, um, I think this is why Alana and I connect so well is that she's very rebellious and unapologetic. Um, I feel like I'm similar when I'm in drag, but at a drag, I'm very much, like, I don't want to offend anyone, like, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Boy allows me to be unapologetic. And it's kind of like, I'll do what I'm going to do. And then at the end of the day, like, if I need to go back and apologize or, like, elaborate, then I can that makes a lot of sense. I mean, this is completely different, but maybe a really horrible metaphor, but 
um, when I started doing stand-up, so the reason I haven't been out is yes. because um, I had a baby, and I'm not using that as an excuse, but, like, I don't and know. And you popped a child out of your hoo-ha, so, like, go you. Thank you. Well, she we're named just... her after a drag queen. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, <laughs> I'm kidding. Her name kidding, is kidding, Valentina. Kidding. Yes, I know Valentina. that's not the thing. And she is a glamour queen. I will give, uh, I will give <laughs> my baby that. Me. That baby was serving face when she came on the staircase. <laughs> in daddy's arms. She was like, look at me. She had that formula running down her lips. I just wish she was in a daddy's mm-hmm. arms. Yeah, I really do. All the daddies out there, hit me up. My DMs are open. I'm just saying. I know I'm asexual. But when I, like, I love how, so you mentioned earlier I'm a little raunchy. I'm a little nasty. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of, I love being able, I loved comedy. Well, I first started writing because we would do, my writing partner and I would do comedic recaps. Mm-hmm. And so we could kind of say whatever we wanted, which doesn't sound like an excuse, but we were able to, like, push the button a little bit in order to have some sort of comedic relief. I don't think it's an excuse. I think, in, again, I'm really sorry, but, like, in the political climate of the country, like, it's very serious. And, like, you need those, you need those, like, gag-worthy moments. And, like, mm-hmm. the only issue I have with entertainment is that drag is looked at as, like, this, like, stepchild. Yeah. And so, like, I have a similar background as Donnie where, like, I went to art school and I studied, like, the greats like I studied like Keith Haring and Andy Warhol and then like mm-hmm. at the end of every lecture in in regards to like queer art it was always like there was always like an underlying like taboo this isn't okay this isn't fully recognized by well, the they art had community. to have like met the canon like what you just mentioned it had yeah. to have been like Keith Haring and Andy Warhol well like really Keith, so in class it was like this it was openly bit. discussed that queer artists were discriminated against like Keith Haring and Andy Warhol had to filter and become more commercialized to be taken seriously. But then in the art community, they were viewed as being sellouts because they were doing more mainstream stuff. Opposed uh. to, it, it's a really weird double-edged sword. And I think mm-hmm. drag is similar. Like, um, I'm not gonna like riff on anyone, but like there are shows on mainstream media that take what queer artists do, the art of lip syncing, and mock it and make it something more farce and more comedic. And that's not. I'm not not with that, but at least give and us that's credit. No secret. Give exactly. us credit for what you're doing. Like I'm not saying give us a history lesson every time you air an episode, but pay homage to those people. Bring those people queen. on as guests. Yeah, something. Freaking have RuPaul come show in and show these girls how to lip sync. Okay, so that's something I would love to talk about. For her coin, her fees. I'm sure. And that's even just as a man. I know, right? It's like that. I mean, cheers, Mama Ru. Oprah, <laughs> cheers. Oprah could only get her on her Facebook page. That's not even on her website. Like <laughs> RuPaul Charles She was on Ellen. Oh yeah. I, I love mean, that. Living RuPaul. for dropping those women. <laughs> right. That I love that Ru is getting the hysterical. credit that he deserves. That oh he, yeah. That he, he she deserves. Like I know. I never know. So that's a long time a, coming. Well, let's talk about that first. Please. So. When, um, just for our viewers, mm-hmm. so when, like, RuPaul, I feel, is a little bit different because he, Mama she Roo. is such a brand, it's Mama Ru, um, and I'll say he in this aspect, RuPaul Charles is... I feel like you see him a, more out of geesh now. Yeah, he's a business, like, yeah. and, um, you know, when she's in drag, that's right, but she's, RuPaul's just been able to, it's kind of like Prince, <laughs> you know, you just say right. Prince, I don't know. Yeah, Madonna. But, yeah, Madonna, I mean, he's... It's it's next level, and I'd love to know, um, you know, the how he's been able to pave the way for drag queens and just drag culture in general. And when everyone says, um, you know, Mama Ru, like, what exactly does that mean? RuPaul's the head drag queen? Like, yes, he's been able to, or she's been able to, um, I don't know, I guess bring drag culture mainstream 
And RuPaul said in the last episode of season 10, sorry, spoilers, um, was it Miss Cracker? I can't believe I'm saying. Yeah, it was Miss Cracker, I think. When um, her runway look was so next level and RuPaul said, yes, that's that's fast. That's for, was it forward thinking drag or it was um, something forward drag. And you can tell that RuPaul's looking for that because, okay, yeah. absolutely, you know, they want to continue to elevate drag and bring it more mainstream without losing its authenticity. I think that takes a lot of that's very courageous from RuPaul's standpoint, because um, like. Bianca Del Rio was a big uh, frontrunner in season six. Mm-hmm. Thank you. My favorite. That's my favorite season. <laughs> season six. Well, that where was full of all so many great. It was it, wonderful queens were like, she mm-hmm. was helping Adore and she was helping um, Trinity. Trinity K. Bonet. And like, it's because it wasn't because Bianca was being like arrogant. Sorry, I work with a girl named Blanca. So like, I'm having to like think oh, about it. Yeah. Um, sh- so like, she was so unfazed by anyone else in a regard of like she was confident in her drag, so she helped other girls like succeed. That's from what RuPaul is doing. It's uh, not that he's okay. unshook by any of these upcoming girls. Like you have to think of like RuPaul has a a, a like repertoire of like peers. So like uh, Coco Peru, um, Bianca Del Rio is even within that same level as Ru, mm-hmm. um, as is Lady Bunny. And like there's like this whole rumor of like they're about to do like a Legends series of Drag Race where like Lady Bunny, I don't know how that would work and like I don't know what the coinage would be on that, but like yeah, that'd what be would so they win? they'd be sick and Who, like, like Jackie it'd be Beat, weird. I didn't know this. Jackie Beat, uh, Chichi LaRue, awesome. like all these like <gasps> like mainstream girls. It's a rumor. I think it was launched on April Fools, so like we'll see what okay. happens with mm-hmm. that. Um, but to answer your question Jeez, about the legacy, right? <laughs> What's Reddit? <laughs> um, I think to go back to the question about what is the manifestation of RuPaul, it's that it's that unapologetic part. Mm-hmm. Um, through uh, so like, I grew up in Kentucky, wasn't really exposed to uh, drag queens, let alone like people of color. And I remember the first times that I ever saw RuPaul, it was Viva Glam. <laughs> He was selling freaking lipstick for Mac. And at the time, it was just a pretty woman of color. Mm -hmm. Growing up, seeing RuPaul's Drag Race the first season, um, I was like, well, what's going on? And, like, it was completely deconstructed for me. And it was weird to to realize what, like, groundbreaking moments RuPaul had had in my childhood Mm -hmm. just as, like, being a woman of color. So, like, that was groundbreaking for me. Um, But, like, you have to think one of her biggest breaks – I can't, I would say it was 1992. I feel like that's when she really like hit and that was the year I was born. Um, But she was doing like spring break for MTV and she was singing supermodel Mm -hmm. and they, the crowd is just going up for it. It's a whole divide between queer entertainment versus hetero entertainment. The only thing that stopped him from being a force to be reckoned with then was the fact that he was a male drag queen and it was very promotive. Uh, It was propaganda for the LGBT community. Which at the time in 1992, I couldn't imagine, you know, what times were like back then. But like without Rue and without like Harvey Milk, uh, Keith Haring, like all these artists again, like they've paved the way to allow myself and my generation and, and future generations to be as queer and as unapologetic as possible. And so like that's that's what makes it so groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. RuPaul is like uh, she's she will kill me if she were for some weird reason to hear this, but like. RuPaul is very uh, congruent with Willem, where Willem is very in charge of her brand. She won't turn down a gig. That girl has been on. She was on Nip Tuck. Uh, was it NCIS? Like, CSI? Like, those, like, Probably crime yeah. shows. Those, yeah. She was literally, like, if there has been a show where they needed a, and I apologize, if they needed a tranny 
to die on the streets at the hand of some mm-hmm. maniac, she I, like Kevin I played Hart. that role. Kevin Hart's always got a job. What does Chris yeah. Rock say? I couldn't, when he hosted the Oscars, he said, I couldn't turn down this job because right. I couldn't lose another one to Kevin Hart. Kevin uh, Hart's always working. Right. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. Yeah. It is totally the same mm-hmm. thing. And like, I feel like Rue is, Rue is and will always be a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. There will never be anyone to come and take that away from him. Um, and so I think with Drag Race, it's, it is very much about passing the baton. I don't feel like the baton has been passed off quite yet. Their no. people are close. Like, Bianca Del Rio is sickening. Yeah. Chad Michaels, sickening. Like, the whole Hall of Fame and the All-Stars, like, legacy. Like, Tracy Mattel is sickening. Alaska is sickening. Like, that's what's so wonderful about the show is, like, all these girls are wonderful. They set themselves apart from one another because they have a unique quality to them. Regardless if you go home first, you've made it on the show. It's more of a jump-off point than it is a end point. You don't go on Drag Race and then your career ends. You go on Drag Race, and then doors open. Like, they fly open. You're going to Australia. You're going to London. Like, uh, Violet Trotsky was able to do burlesque work with devotees. Like, oh. like you're putting these girls on this level I mean, with their idols. Right. Milk did, like, Bessie Johnson. I th- was Mark Bessie Jacobs. Jacobs. Mark Jacobs. I think it was Bessie Johnson. Oh, and Milk's walked runway. Like, uh, was it Milk at New York Fashion Week? Yeah, yeah she was like walking for, for Mark um, Jacobs. And no, it was um like was it Perry Ellis? That's what I was, I was gonna say Prada, but I was like, it was it's not like Prada. all American boys and like milk with like. Well, and Violet Chachki walked in, I believe, Paris Fashion Week, which is which is such a bigger deal. I than think Sharon New York Willem Fashion walked Week. Betsy Johnson a few seasons ago, and I like think. Marco Marco, like that's yeah. my favorite runway, the Marco Marco yeah. one. Oh my god, one. it's sickening. Mm-hmm. I literally tweet Marco Marco all the damn time, and I'm like, baby. Honey baby, right here. Honey baby pumpkin. Look at these shoes. Look at this walk. Look at my legs. Mm-hmm. What else do you need to see to put me on that fucking runway? Like, let's do it. You look amazing. I'm a runway girl. Mm-hmm. Like, don't let the gown fool you. I'm a mm-hmm. runway girl. So what's the... Um, and I keep having to edit out these sequins. Um, Wait, sequins or sequin? Oh. Sequins. Sequins. No, sequins. Oh, what is it? It's a Roxy It was a Roxy Andrews. Uh, oh, I was like, no, are you telling me I'm doing the no, S no, no. on the edge at the end of a word thing again? Oh, I do that. I'm the worst with grammar. No, I say like... Um, I would say that was uh, your brother, not you, by the way. Uh, oh yeah, teenies. 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 My brother was like, oh. I don't want to go to teenies, and I was like, that's like saying Tiffany is Tiffany's. Yes. No, there's only one Tiffany. Yeah. So stop it. You can um, catch boy at teeny at the end of a Saturday night. Usually, I'm usually pretty like slosh by then. Oh, give me a purple rain <laughs> like from d- teeny any day. Shut up. I'm a whore for purple rain. Purple rain. Have you tried a cucumber Collins? I don't know because I'm a whore for some cucumber. Vodka. I have no, not me. I don't know. I'm saying no, I haven't, and I don't know if I can because purple rain's my shit, and it's all my. I have three little brothers yeah. that love teeny, except for the one. Um, well, not only because he, he likes can't handle it, no, but like the drinks. Oh, they he's pour not, heavy. He can't handle. The, he can't like, handle the drinks, so he's very much. Um, he's not an introvert, but he's very like. He likes a slower night. It's yes, crowded, he likes though. a slower night. Teenies is very, I said it, teeny. Teeny is very, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. You won't see him there this uh, Saturday because no. he can't say the name. It's fine. Um, it's very small. It's very claustrophobic. Um, I walk in and I usually have like a gaggle of gays behind me. So like we just like beeline. Like we do a lap, right. we go upstairs, we come back down, do another lap. Daddies will occasionally hand me their credit cards and like go buy yourself a drink. And I'm like, <gasps> done. I haven't paid for a drink. Probably years. It's probably been years. I remember 2010 well. That was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. 20 pounds in 10 years ago. Oh my God. Yeah, drinking is 
the devil, but whatever. You don't want to hear it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> as I drink wine. <laughs> I know. As speaking of. Yes. Cheers. Here we go. We need to. Refill. I have two cups. We need to refill you. I literally have two cups. Well, I one will. of them was supposed to be Donnie's, but now he's drinking beer. Oh, do you need fun. another beer? Can I do that? Yeah, you can get another beer. This is a casual podcast. Um, casual while you're podcast. doing that, I would love. Here, I'm just going to pour it all in there. That's totally Would fine. you grab me a beer, too? Yeah, Come on, beer. Whichever. I'm going to stick with it. Um, I can't have Oberon. It made me. Um, it made me throw up one time. Like, talking Woof. about I hadn't drank at no. all that night. I think I'm allergic to something to it. I fear, I fear. Either. I don't care. Whatever. Um, what was I going to ask? I don't oh, know. We got on a tangent We got on a teeny. tangent, but that's a good thing about teenies. Mm-hmm. That's um, a really good promotion for... Um, I don't believe that they identify as being a queer venue, but... I mean, it's a pretty queer venue. Yeah, I would yeah, say for like sure. Mass Avis, queer. Well, it's nice because it serves as a similar type of vibe that Talbot did. Talbot was where you went to dance, mm-hmm. and whether you were gay or straight, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I have to, or, I, I don't know, it wasn't yeah. like you had this, like, weird misconception going into it, um, and I'm only saying that because that was, um, like, 10 years ago, yeah. the first time I went there, but... I think, um, speaking of the political climate, because you just, yes, even please. if you are. Oh my God, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, like, even if you are, um, n- like, I don't want to say open-minded, like, I've never. An ally, if you're an ally. Yeah, if you're an ally, you still have this stupid thing in your head because of how horrible the rest of the world is. Mm-hmm. Um, but Teeny does serve as a nice, it doesn't have the best dance floor because the second dance floor they put in, and I love you, Teeny, but people still stand up there, and I feel like. I'm fully if you're afraid not, of falling. Yeah, like, like down, like like the floor yeah, collapsing. I already have fears of like YouTube floors videos. and buildings anyway. Oh yeah, because it's like, so old. Yeah, the I always ask just... them to get on the bar. Like I'm like, like Kylie will come on because like mm-hmm. when I walk in, um, my friend is the DJ there, DJ mm-hmm. Kanate, and like he'll throw on Kylie, We're and I'm literally just like down. the DJ sure there is fantastic. But I feel like I can't ever dance because people just stand, and I'm yeah. like, let's dance. That's why well, they've I'm been here. doing shows. Like uh, my one of my drag mothers, I have like six of them. One yeah. of my drag moms, Patrick Weave, will occasionally do hotspots there and teenies, if you're listening. It's like the first Friday, I think, right? Throw a sister a bone. Like, I would love to do that. <gasps> How fun. But yeah. Okay. first Friday, I think, right? I, I'm not sure. That. It's always I, patented. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. So and would so, that be this Friday then, first Friday? Potentially. Yeah. Uh, potentially. Okay. If that is the thing. And, she, I mean, she slays slays a town. Like Might not be this Friday when people hear this, but for us. I know, like for us, yeah. for this Friday. Um, so I would love to talk about, uh, now that we've kind of just given a background of why it's, it's more than just, um, entertainment. Or a TV show. Or a TV show. Or a TV show. Um. Or a novelty. Or a novelty, yeah. It's, it's okay for it to be a novelty, I feel. I don't so much mind when people ogle. Um, that's fine. Because like, you look right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying not to toot my own horn. Like there are listeners, they don't know me, but right. I mean the reasons. Um, <laughs> if a girl wants to come up to me and ask me about my nails or like ask me about what I'm doing, there's a curiosity there. Um, I don't particularly enjoy like where do you put it? Like that's kind of like a silly question. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ask me where I get things or if you touch my hair, like I'm probably not going to be vibing. But I usually <laughs> go into those situations pretty open-minded because there's a curiosity there. And if I, like, turn around and, like, proverbally, like, bitch slap this woman, like, being, like, girl, don't touch my hair, or, like, blah, 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 pop off to them, that could be their first engagement of a drag queen, and I've just ruined it for everyone else. Yeah. So you have to – queendom is a very weird thing. It's literally, like, you are a queen. Mm -hmm. You have to – people are watching. 
be it that they're a fan of drag, they know what's going on, or they don't, people are going to watch you. Like, that's mm-hmm. part of being a queen. You you demand attention when you walk into a room. Right. So people are looking. And so even if I were to turn around and jokingly, like, kind of, like, off-put that woman, say somebody, like, across the bar sees me do that and they're off-put by it, yeah. it, becomes, it becomes a very toxic thing. So, like, you have to be very poised about how you handle situations. So I don't mind the novelty of, of what I'm doing. Um, people that I know and people that are invested in my drag – like Donnie. Like mm-hmm. Donnie could clock me as Ashton and clock me as boy in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can do that. And so I know a true fan based off of the kind of that engagement and then off of the general engagement of like like you were saying where like if a girl comes in and is trying to like one up me, we're like I'm like, oh, take honey, the stage when you're performing. Oh keep I'll, you too I'll long when you're down. trying to move on after a tip. Like those are things that yeah. bother me. That's where like the line of respect has been crossed. And you and and, and even in those moments touching you when it's not like it's still twenty eighteen consent, yeah. like you don't touch. Mm-hmm. It's you're still on stage and yeah. you still have to have those moments. Um I just recently put together a uh, compilation of my performances and in one of the shots you can literally see me a real I'm trying to be a professional fish. <laughs> um there is literally a moment where this woman was having a great time having an absolutely wonderful time. I don't know if she was there with a daughter or a bachelorette party. Whatever it is, like, I don't mind. Like, your money's good. Mm-hmm. That money's going to spend whenever I go to pay my rent. Right. Um, and you so, started doing that? What, paying rent? You started paying rent? Yeah. Good for oh, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Girl, I've been paying for years. Oh, I was like, what? You're like, just wait, kidding. what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just keep those credit cards when I get them at TD. <laughs> I'm just like, stockpile. Um, so, like, there's literally a moment where I look at this woman and I, like, have her by the shoulders. Yes. And I'm, like, sitting her down. And then, like, a couple, like, there's just, like, footage of, like, from that night. Mm-hmm. And this woman is literally getting up in the middle of my numbers. And I literally, like, oh, I vividly remember this. I literally whispered in her ear. I said, I need you to sit down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, like, I took her money, hugged her. Mm-hmm. And as I'm hugging her, I'm like, sit down. It's on a private show. Like, sit down. Right. Interaction. Like, sit down. Yeah, that's extra. That's extra. <laughs> that's way extra. That's way extra. That's two months rent. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> like, $500. Um, so... Yeah, like, yes, it does become very disrespectful. And at that moment, I expect someone else to step in because mm-hmm. I need to be the good cop. I can't be the bad cop. I can't be both and run a successful Well, and you're brand. performing. Correct. As well. Yeah. So I think it's... There's it, lots more dollars in the air. Yeah, I'm yes. in the middle of the number. And if I'm taking all my time trying to teach you and address you, mm-hmm. even though I've seen girls like Detox who have straight up just stopped numbers. Oh, Trixie has, I think. Detox Raven for sure has. straight up was getting, like, pickpocketed during a number. Oh, yeah. She was literally holding like I mean we have Wait, this full of money. Trixie detox. was detox. Oh detox. detox. Oh, she was. God, I don't remember where she her. was at. Um, she has fistfuls of money and she's on like a stage. Like it's tiny. Like it it potentially could be maybe two of these tables. Mm-hmm. And so this girl I guess was like pulling ones out of her her hand. <sighs> and you can feel that. And so detox literally stopped her number, snatched the microphone from the MC, and just called this lady out. Like yeah, right Like those moments are completely applicable. I spend anywhere, I could spend probably $1,000 a month on drag. And mm-hmm. I make 200 200 250 on a good night. I'm not breaking even. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not a labor of like, I'm making money off of this. It's right. a labor of love. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm doing something that is therapeutic for myself. And I know that I'm doing something that is potentially therapeutic for my community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know who's coming into that venue. Somebody could have just gotten fired and they're coming in to see a show and be taken away from the reality. And I live for that. I live for that. And then I live for connecting with those people and hearing their stories. Mm-hmm. We all have a story to how we got to point, you know, whatever point we're at at that moment. And so that's kind of goes into the, the, the like 
the way I treat people. I don't know what you've gone through that day. I don't know why you decided to get hammered at a drag show mm-hmm. and try and like dance with me. I'm going to let you have a good time, but I'm also going to let you know that that's not appropriate. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. There's just, there, there is a protocol. Most people stay in their lane. I feel like we should say. Most Absolutely. Right. Well, there I mean, it's like stand-up that's comedy too. Like I've had to deal yes. with hecklers before yeah. and been like, you know, you kind of figure out a way to nicely say, please stop. And yeah, then the I've had to say, hey, I'm sorry, you got to go. Like, hey, asshole, like... Like, you, you want, gotta leave. Like, like, putting you on a show. Do the show, like, come up to open stage. Like, that's kind no, of what I'm exactly. doing. I just thought of it. It might be harder for you because you're on stage, but mm-hmm. boys interacting, grab their hand like you're about to, like, involve mm-hmm. them and just walk the rest right to the door. Be like, yeah. Oh, my God. And then just, like, hand so them much. off to security yeah, and be like... I could do that. Yeah. Because I think it'd be such shock value. Yeah, if you want to be you <laughs> yeah. be part of the show, grab their hand, like, walk with go. me, guide them right to security, hand them off to security, and they're done. You can. Well, but you invest so much time in it, and it's like when you're doing something... Oh, when you're presenting yourself on stage, and this mm-hmm. goes for any actor any, or mm-hmm. entertainer, yes. you're doing it. I, I don't know any, um, unless you are a household, not a household name, but you do it full-time professionally. Mm-hmm. You do it because you love it. Absolutely. And um, the, when the lows are low and when the highs are high, you know. Oh, absolutely. So I think it's very hard to keep that emotional, um, I guess, uh, that... Uh, I guess to not let your anger take over. The facade of like, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like okay, I'm gonna be professional here. Um, how do I handle this? Oh, but a queen will side eye the crap out of you. Like, so like, I mean, like, you you give them like, it's like mom. Like, mom mm-hmm. isn't gonna be like, I'm angry. It's it's. I'm very disappointed I'm that very you always go to your bedroom. Which is worse. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I got that a lot as a kid. Yeah. Um. And so it's very much that like I'll side eye somebody, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like that. Like I'm disappointed in the way that you're behaving right now. Because, at the, like, at the end of the day, you're there to have a good time. I'm there to have a good time. There's no mm-hmm. reason for anyone. The only reason I would have somebody thrown out is if they're being aggressive with me um, or if they're being aggressive with another patron. Like, like don't come in and try and rain on other people's parades. Like, that's mm-hmm. not cool. Um, and also self-control. Like, don't get hammered in public. I don't know. Just don't get hammered in public. Like, that's just not safe for you. It's not safe for the environment. No. Like, there's just a lot that goes into it, and it's – you know, at at the end of the day, I'm representing my brand, but when I'm booked at a venue, I'm representing that bar as well. Yeah, that's very true. And I want that patron to come back. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it's layered and you have to be very conscientious of that as a queen going into it. A lot of girls will come in and they're like, I have a cute costume and blah, blah, blah. And like, absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so proud of you for making it to this moment because it does take a lot of courage to get on that stage yeah. and, and pour your heart out. Um, and so whenever you're, you're a, you have the hecklers mm-hmm. of drag that could really ruin a performance for a queen and you have to be able to handle it mm-hmm. and you have to be able to handle it professionally. Definitely. I've yeah. seen both. Can I speak to that? Absolutely. Please I've do. seen, I feel like you were, it was earlier on in your career. I was, I was hired to do, um, what was it? It was Bloomington. It was like, a, it was like a pride event, like a, Oh my God! Raven and you April were talking about Pride Extravaganza. Are you talking about my boot? Fly, like the boot? Yeah. Wait, Fully. what happened? I cried my he eyes out after that was number. Performing, and it was a Robin number. It was Robin and uh, I had made this mix. I had made this beautiful mix. I was and people were responding. I wasn't even in them. Uh, so it was Robin, and then it was Braveheart. Not Braveheart. It's called the Neon Jungle. And I remember it was during London. Robin. It was during the Robin. Part. Like, I was what was it? Love is free, track. or what is it? I would have lived for you. It was, I was like a boot that track. went up to your knees. It was a thigh high boot. It had at least a six inch platform on it. I was on the side watching and photographing with his one of his drag mothers, uh-huh. Patricia Yolanda Weave, and boy's heel went crack. 
and boy's eyes got huge. I was terrified. Looked off to the side to Patricia, and I didn't know what Pat was going to do. And I looked at Pat, and Pat goes, this is where you got to let them learn. Oh, Pat, it, I love <laughs> Well, I it wasn't condescending. So it was like, no, this, no, no, is no. Where they, this is where I, they learn. Like, I can't come so in and save you. Pat. I mean, I'm in the middle of a number, and I love Pat so much because she is very much like, she'll kind of connect with me after. So, like, after that had happened, she came and she said, you handled that so well. Yeah. And I was like, I was terrified. She goes, because you had an like, invisible heel after that point. She was like, baby, I know. She was probably hurt. And it was hard. like a heel and an invisible heel. Well, so like I tried to put the no. There was no there. I literally tried that. So literally, the platform fell off. Uh huh. So the platform came off, and I was like, okay, like I can walk this. Right. It's a bunch of dance tracks like mixed together. There's no walking uh, that. Like as a as my brand, as I was not walking. People that. would have known like what's 100%. going on. One hundred percent. So I think I have it on video. I. So, like, the stage is probably... So, I'm off stage at this moment. I, like, I'm ready to work the crowd. Mm-hmm. And so, the stage is probably a good, like... It's an auditorium. Four or five feet up. Mm-hmm. I, like, throw myself onto the stage, and I rip the boots off. Yeah. And I just chucked them. Yeah. Like, that wasn't the, like... That wasn't the hurtful moment of it. And, like, anybody listening to this is going to die. This will speak to how detail-oriented I am. At the time, I was a baby... Baby entertainer. I wasn't even doing drag at that moment. Um, I was still very much in a androgynous phase. Mm-hmm. Um, no but I was wearing white socks, <laughs> and I was wearing a black. I was wearing a black mesh jumper. I had these beautiful pigtails, and literally, I, me as an entertainer, I could not take my attention off that I was wearing white socks. So I floor through the number. People feel for me. Like you can literally tell the people are like, "Damn, you, you fucked up." Um, <laughs> I I don't even think I grabbed my boots, but I, like I remember my number was over. I excused myself off stage and bawled my eyes out. Oh. I cried so hard because it was it was embarrassing and it was a very it was a very big learning moment. Like that's probably one of my biggest fears. I wear like I wear really high heels. Yeah, that's one. Of, it's probably the, my most favorite part of my gig. Yeah, and I was just like, you failed me. Like, you failed me, and I was wearing white socks, and I'm just like, like at the time, I I would think I was on my drag husband number one. I now have like four of them, yeah. and he like met me in the back, and he like he knew instantly that when oh. I he knew I was upset, and he was just like, it's fine, like you did great, and like there was video footage, and I remember watching it. I think I've watched it like twice, and I'm just like, all right, that's good. Like, push it to, to the side. To watch it at all, you have to. You have to know. You have an idea of what you're doing in your head, but what you're actually doing is different, mm-hmm. and so. Um, I remember when I first started performing, I was getting clocked for like snatching people's like dollars. That breeds a very aggressive. Right. Um, so like I've now started to like you give people a moment or like you like give them a wink or like you like I prefer that you like stroke their hands. Like there's just a bunch of different ways because mm-hmm. their only engagement with you is in that second, mm-hmm. and so that will encourage them to come up to you after a gig and take like selfies, and then selfies lead to promotion like to them buying your merch and buying me drinks you know we're at a buying we're at a buying me drinks phase (laughs) we're working on merchandise currently i think asia told me when i first photographed her it was a it was like a a grip of the hand as like a thank you oh yeah they live for it that's that was asia's thing and so when i don't get acknowledged i'm like fuck you too yeah Yeah, it kind of like i could have just threw my dollar anywhere it didn't matter that it was me it was just more about the dollar Mm -hmm. whereas i felt like when asia i forget the conversation but i just it stuck out to me because then i started thinking i was like okay she said she'd grab the hand and the next time i saw her as a fan and not like a photographer 
she did grip my hand and do that, and it's mm-hmm. it's just nice to be like acknowledged. It's like a thank you. It's yeah. you're it's tipping me with a dollar that's giving me affirmation that you're enjoying what I'm doing. So me as an entertainer, it's important for me to give back in that moment. Mm-hmm. Be it that I'm giving you like a sensual look. Um, if somebody like whips out like a ten or a twenty, like I give them like a little lap dance. Like it's very much making that moment. Oh, yeah. oh I'm all about the lap dances. I'll do it in a skirt. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Without any boots on, your white socks. No, fuck all. <laughs> I literally match my like. I don't ever expect that to happen again, but like yeah. I like I pre- I'm prepared. I'm prepared for that hey, moment. But that's how you like learn. I'm like I'm like monochromatic head to toe now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like if this goes wrong, then I have this to like like that moment. That was the most traumatic moment. That was probably the most well, traumatic part of that. I was just thinking no. how you were like everyone shows up, but they don't really realize what it entails. And I thought of yeah. It entails so much because. It doesn't entail a lot. Well, and you can. I keep thinking back to. I'm trying to imagine what, um, like, what it looks like now when I see people that are handing out tips. You know, and you're Mm -hmm. waiting to hand your tip. You can tell who the diehard fans are because they're almost the people that are almost standing there, a little bit quieter and Mm -hmm. a little more like proud to be there. Like I'm when I give my tip, I'm Mm -hmm. like that means you're my favorite. Like I save my tip if it's a multi, queen show. You know. I have people who won't tip anyone during the show. And then, like, they'll, like, message me on Facebook or whatever. And, like, I don't usually check my sh- phone during a gig. Mm-hmm. And so I have all these text messages, like, after. And they're like, I'm really sorry I'm not tipping you. And I'm like, I'm not doing it for the, like, I'm not doing it for the tips. The tips are wonderful. Yeah, it's like a cherry on top. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, then, like, they'll, like, come after the show and they'll, like, hand me, like, like well, I, dollars. Uh, sure, we'll say dollars. <gasps> I usually get, yeah, I, I usually get pretty, like, if somebody, like, conscientiously is, like, I'm really sorry that I'm not tipping you, like, it's, I don't want to tip you this much money. And then the other girl's like, because you're oh, paying attention to how sure, much sure. everybody else is pulling. Oh, yeah, okay. And it's like, they'll like tip me after. And it's usually like, I mean, like, it's good money. Hey, well, there you go. Yeah. You earned it. And, right. And so it's... No more white socks. Look where you got No you. more white socks. <laughs> Look where I got you. <laughs> they said, this isn't for you. This is for your feet. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag who are white socks? <laughs> I am so dead. That will never... That'll just be my merchandise. I don't remember the white socks. You brought the white socks up. I was that literally... Be your merch. It was literally traumatizing. I'm I sorry. think I'm going to make underwear. <gasps> yeah. I'd wear them. You would wear like a nice little brief. I wear Eric's sometimes. Yes. Like, you know, when I'm just I love like, stealing underwear from men. Like, I don't know. When I'm just like feeling yeah. fat and gross and nasty, Shut like, up. I'm just like, I'm just going to grab this underwear. Raja, you don't ever feel fat and nasty. Thank <laughs> you. You're welcome. You're so welcome. Um, okay, so we have a couple more minutes left. So I want to just speak a little bit about the show and the season. Um, if you aren't watching already, you can still jump in. Right yeah. now. We're still early enough. You can still get invested enough. Um, but I think it was really great for us to talk about the all the behind the scenes of drag. And I don't just mean the behind the, scene, behind the scenes of the show, mm-hmm. but just in what drag is and why um, you should really get invested in whatever queen you're connecting with. Um, so for this show in particular, or this season in particular of the show, who are you rooting for and why? And also, why should people watch? That's like four questions. I'll go first. Um, I my my front runner personally. I don't know how they do. I don't really honestly care how anyone the show does because I feel like it is a TV show. So I kind of anyway. It might be um, orchestrated a little bit. Yeah. Than, yeah. And so for me, I think they all end up doing fine. Kind of like Boy said, eventually, like you'll be fine on the show. Hey, you find your, you find your niche. Yeah. Well, and they say if that anything. on the show too. You've already made it. Right. Like this, uh, what they almost kind of do as judges. Um, which is great for listeners as well, is they 
help coach the queens on yes. how you can be marketable. Um, and... It's about coaching. Mm-hmm. I think from an art standpoint, we do critiques. This is, it's yeah. very much that it's not personal. It's how you can, you can either take what we're saying to you and elevate your drag or you cannot and just, you know, keep being, uh, compl- like, compl- yeah, it's not, it doesn't come from a hurtful place. And I think mm-hmm. Michelle Visage specifically gets a lot of shit from yeah. fans about things that she says. And like, did I think that the read on uh, Dusty in the first episode about the dots was a little, pr- like a little premature? Yes. Uh, yeah, but, I think she was something was going on that day because I was like, oh, that's that is a little harsh right. for her to say. But I think she was just challenging her to Absolutely. say, like, that's great, that's what got you here. But you're ten seasons in, so you know that mm-hmm. with these girls, sometimes it's very much this is the one face I do, and so I I appreciate that she was kind of giving Dusty a heads up in that moment. Um, but at the same time, I was like, this is what got him here. Like, yeah. So like, let him like kind of Dusty relish did in that. The next week. Right, I love Dusty. Crushed it with the runway. Didn't do the dots, but showed that she is in all dots. So I I think when she does do dots next, it'll be... She'll go home. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. Oh, God, I hope not. I'm just kidding. I don't know. No, I think Michelle, I I think it'll be, I'm hoping it'll be a sweet moment where she'll say, okay, yes, this was a moment to do it. Yes, I'm into it. And yes, exactly. So, yeah, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, in regards to critique, I feel like there was a quote, and I don't know if it was Trixie or just any other quote, but it was something like, um, you don't get to say what your brand is. Other people, like the audience, tells you what your brand is. So, like that's why you have to be open to taking critique. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I would say for me, my top, my the one I'm most excited about is Miss Cracker. The look is there, but for me, it's like the wit, that like witty comebacks and stuff. Like I relate to that. Who else do I like? I like um, the fact that Asia seems very seasoned and professional, and can she does have like that um, jack of all trades. Like she can pull anything out of her grab bag. I like Mo, uh, Monet as a talking head. I think she's also very talented. I like the look, but I do like the talking head mm-hmm. aspect of her on the show. Um, Aquaria, I'm into the kind of... I'm into the fashion aspect of her for sure, and I'm also into her as a kind of like a, a young arrogance. She's kind of like young and she knows she's the shit. I don't know mm-hmm. if she's proven to be the shit yet on the show, but before the show, she kind of proved to be the shit on mm-hmm. she was like an instagram girl kind mm-hmm. of and that that belittle that minimizes her she was doing more than just instagram i don't think that belittles her it's very much congruent with what she was i mean what okay. she was doing okay. yeah. yeah well and instagram again is another platform where people i mean it's a platform i just had oh my god hot button i just got triggered i'm really sorry mm. i just watched a video of an instagram model and i'm doing air oh, quotes. Yeah, i'm doing air quotes so hard right. right now so this instagram model like beat the crap out of her dog in an elevator <laughs> horrible on Instagram or just it got caught on the, on, oh, okay. on the surveillance no. and so Instagram is a lovely platform but if you're a model and you're wanting to be a model there are agencies that help you do that and put you like I don't ever see anybody on Instagram unless you're really good and really mm-hmm. sickening getting put on a runway or putting in a campaign ad like uh, Patrick Starr uh, I work for Matt Cosmetics and so we just had a campaign with him and it's because he because he is a next level Kind of one of those people that we were talking about earlier with like RuPaul and like yes. the the one upping, um, but that's a very rare thing. So like I feel like yes, uh, Instagram is a platform and it was a platform for Miss Cracker and now she's gotten the next level platform of RuPaul's Drag Race. It helps elevate and the brand. So this this, I mean, it probably got her recognized by Drag Race to be hundred percent honest. Like oh, you, yeah. I have no idea what goes into the casting of that. So I feel that that probably played a huge role into that. And so now she kind of has a moment to show 
her chops. And I think, like, before we, like, finish the episode, we should probably go into, like, some of the terminology, like, fish queen and, like, butch queen. Oh, yes. I but we can to go through about... the things real quickly. Yeah, so let's, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that first. Okay. So that way, because you may reference those terms. Absolutely. In saying why you like, um. I've used a couple terms that are, like, as I say them, I'm like, they probably have no idea. I know, I've been noting. I was like, oh, we need to. Like, so, frocking to geesh, like. Yeah, um, gagging's kind of obvious, but we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cameron, who I will speak about in a moment, has been um, deemed the trade of the season. So let's just walk through the terms really quick for people. Because if you do want to watch the show, you can pick up on what the terms are, or like Urban Dictionary it. But, um, it's or just fun. watch through Housewives of Atlanta. They're also on there sometimes. <laughs> yes. Oh Nene, my god, I love Nene Nene Housewives. Was talking about shade back in the day. Like, I how has like... Nene Leaks not been a judge yet? Has she? Camille Grammer. Has I could been. be an idiot and completely space it. No, Camille Grammer, I think, is the only housewife. She has because my I mom is the biggest Nene fan, and my mom has when the first time she said shade to me. I was like, mm-hmm. "What are you talking yeah. about?" Can we like round table and like, who would you die if you were to audition and make it on? Who would you die to see at the judges panel? Oh my god, are you kidding me right do now? Do it, do it right now. Grace Coddington. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, who would I die? Wait, give me a minute. You gotta go first. Shit. Oh, I've literally like this is the reason that I don't ever audition. If Kylie <gasps> Minogue were to be on that freaking stage. I would I would just walk off the stage. It's doable. At this I would point. literally walk out. Kylie will be on it. That's not out of I would on your season. I would just pee everywhere. I have to audition first. I mean, you know, you'll do it, <sighs> and you're gonna get it's on it. It's intimidating. I've seen the application. And it's intimidating. But Kylie Minogue would literally mm-hmm. be sitting there, and okay. I would walk out. Like I literally like play the scenario. Like I'll be getting out of the shower, and I'm like, oh, Kylie, shut the curtain. Um, I would die. I would, okay. they would literally have to be like, you have to, you have to walk the runway right now. Like you have to do it. And I'd be like, right. I, I, like I can't. And then to like lip sync, like a Kylie song in front of her. Oh, you're going to fail when she's on the show? Oh, I am already like, I'm already prepared <laughs> to tap myself in for lip syncs. Lip sync is what I do. Right. I love doing it. Like if I see a girl in the bottom, I'm like, oh, you like, you don't know greedy. I'm just give like, I'm just like, I'm just like, tap me in coach. Like I'll lip sync this for you. But, like, if I were to be on and I, for some reason I had to lip sync, it should be get out of my way or even dancing. Like, that's really, like, moved me lately. I would slay the shit out of that. Okay, so Kylie, what about up. you? What, yeah, you already said. Grace Coddington. Okay. Oh, my God. Elaborate, um, though. Like, why? I just want her, I just want to run into her. Would you, would you leave the stage? <laughs> would you piddle? No. Would you, I don't really like, get that way. girl? Uh, in like the workroom when it was announced, like and yeah. our special whoever. Because well, sometimes, sometimes they'll come backstage. Yeah, and I would just be like, like Christina. I, I'd want to talk. Excellent. I would die. I wouldn't be able. To I do don't it. really get excited like that. I'm an idiot when it comes to even root girls. Like I'll meet like girls that I'm not necessarily a fan of, and I'll say stupid shit. Like I had a girl one time. She was like, "Good evening." And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so beautiful." Like I said something like, "Oh my god, thank you." I know. And she's like, what? That's like, fine. what the fuck did you just, like, what just happened? And I was like, what did you just say? Let's do this again. <laughs> I know. No, like, I do the same thing. Again. And I moderate at comic conventions. And I'll meet people. When I meet people I'm a huge fan of, I act like an idiot. Because I don't know how to, I don't know how to act. It's like, if I, if I ever moderated for Lisa Vanderpump. See? I, I don't know what I do. I mean, I think she's just, I, <laughs> I don't know what it is. But, and all my brothers are obsessed with her too. I'm just, she just has this allure about her that I'm just like. That speaks to what we were talking about earlier with the queens. When somebody comes up to me and they're awestruck with what I'm doing, yes. it's kind of a compliment. Yeah, fully. That's why I think you should give a little bit, like, give them a moment because mm-hmm. sometimes it's, like, a, a barf of the mouth. Like, with the first time I moderated for Ian Summerholder, mm-hmm. I lost my shit. I was, like, 
I, I need to keep composed. I need to be there because Vampire yeah. Diaries was my favorite show at the time. Yeah. And also, he's gorgeous. Have you ever, like, stared at his eyes? Oh, my God. So, Not in person like you? <laughs> so, but it was great because he gave me a minute and um, we had both just gotten engaged. Or, well, he not to married. each other. Not to each other. Sadly. Um, right? Sorry, hubby. And we talked <laughs> about our weddings. Then the next time I met him, Nikki and I were both pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then we had, not his girlfriend, or his wife, if you read. So right. From Twilight. Parallel. 13. Yeah, 13. Yeah. Thank you for referencing 13. Such she that she wrote. My first reference um, of Ian Summerholder was The Rules of Attraction. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. He was gay. And he... Um, he danced to... He's awesome. Boy George. Come on, Boy George. He did, to bring that ship full circle. And then the next time I saw... So I just saw him um, last November, and it was my first Comic-Con back after having baby. And our babies are two weeks apart, I think. Either two or three weeks apart. And we just had like a nice little chat about it. And in my head, after we had our little interaction, I was like, it took me three years to finally, after moderating for him so many times, to feel sort of comfortable talking to him. I mean, they're celebrities. You know, because they're celebs, yeah. So I think, yeah, Lisa Vanderpump, I, I also think she would just be a good judge Yeah. Um, on Drag Race. And then... Um, See, I'm not even thinking, like, who would be good at it. I don't know that Kylie yeah. would be good at it, because she, she seems so right. sweet. I would just, I don't know. She, well, you know, if she has a new album coming out, she might be on there. Okay, so let's talk about right. the, the terms. So, right, terms, okay, so yes. I'm going to throw terms Sorry. and just kind of explain. So, fish, fishy. Not boy gorge. Whatever. <gasps> Whatever, you're gorgeous. More so, so lately. More so more so lately. Um, I definitely fit within the butch queen category well, when I first started. what does fish started. mean for our listeners? Fish is passable. Like, you could be passably a woman. Yeah. Uh, maybe passable little... might even be a term. You might even... Oh, so passability uh, speaks to, like, uh, Not be, like privilege. Soft, the yeah. privilege of being... Um, Relative to a woman, like perceived as a woman to like Courtney act as a passable fishy girl. Oh yeah. Um, who else is really passable and fishy? Adore Delano. She represents a well. She represents a completely different category. Like that's what you have to understand is like gender is such a open spectrum. Like mm-hmm. when I do my short hair or like when I don't pad or if I don't like you know contour or or wear a breastplate or anything, I'm speaking to a completely different graphic of women. Right. Not all women have big double D titties. Not all women have hips for days. Like, you're speaking for two different demographic. I would think that Adore Delano is a fishy, passable queen. I, you said Courtney. You started with Courtney. And to me, she's like a... Um, high fashion. That's a high fashion girl next door. Yeah. Adore Delano is... She's the girl next door playing in the rock band in her parents' yeah, garage. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, yeah. it, But it's very much congruent with the fishy... Fame's passable. Fishiness. I would say. Passability. Fame. Okay. So then, what no. about? Um... She's a little. She's a little too heavily done because, like, her and Violet are very congruent, and they're both passably women. But you can the the thing that takes passability away from girls like Fame and even Willem. Like Willem is like borderline passable. Um, the thing that takes it away for them is it's it's very much a dramatic. Like it's so dramatic, like the brow or like the highlight under the brow. Courtney literally wears, like. Freaking cover girl. She doesn't wear cover girl. She wears like crying no, no. But I, that's what I feel about Adore. <laughs> to me, Adore like could be a woman with makeup on. Yes, I and think that, Fame that could be fishy. a woman with makeup on. All right. To me, it's very subjective. It's opinionated as well. Mm-hmm. But I just got told I was wrong. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. no, no, no. I'm, kidding. no, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I think it's a good conversation though because yeah. it shows um, 
and I actually, I think it's a good thing you guys yeah. say this because we look at beauty in different ways. 100%. And as women, it's like, what? So I can't be, what if I'm a woman that's not as, you know, quote unquote, fishy as Courtney Act? Like, what if that's just not my jam? What if I'm more, I identify more with a door? Yeah. Like, so you're saying that I don't look like a woman if I'm not as pretty as these super duper fishy queens. Right. Is it a pretty you know? quality or is it a, a makeup application quality? Yeah. The moment I can turn mm-hmm. a straight boy's head is the moment I can tell myself that I'm fish. Okay. That's a that's a great way to put it. So what about trade? Explain trade. <sighs> Do you want to explain trade, Donnie? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> um, so trade can be in, in or out of drag, heterosexual, gay, uh, bisexual. Um, so it's just somebody that you find particularly attractive. Like Liz, mm-hmm. so like to your husband, you're a trade. I don't know. Does that apply? Does it apply for women? Or is it only men? I thought trade, you had to be like a straight guy who identified as heterosexual be. and like you turned him. I'm trying not to be misogynistic. Well, yeah. Trade is just anything that you're hooking up with. I think at this point it's with. like a hot, it, if it applies to women, I have no idea. But I feel like at this point it's um the hot guy who looks kind of like masculine. I would say hot guy. Is that why they call Cameron the trade of the season? Yes, the most Cameron masculine. The, but right. the thing is, his pheromone was the trade of last season, correct? And she's not necessarily masculine. Really? I never She's did. a lot more twinky. I didn't see her that way. Um, so it could, de- it could depend, but in general... It's subjective as well. It's a subjective okay. term to what you find attractive. I find Cameron to be a very attractive man and woman. Like, I, f- I feel that he's very... Um, gender fluid in that regard mm-hmm. um people called milk the trade of sex. yes oh my god milk is Ugh. trade for days trades just or milk like dear milk. god oh my god he's like universally trade did he model before drag i think professionally no, no, he just worked for mark jacob miss fame was the only one who, oh, like, worked for who had a male modeling okay. career like miss fame openly talked about okay. like having a male modeling career yeah because she milk said it wasn't is, good i mean wasn't good. he's beautiful Absol- oh god yeah. absolutely and tall they're also tall i know um so like, yeah trade is just something that someone that you find attractive mm-hmm. and it can be in or out of drag like i think monet exchanges trade i think monet exchanges hot as fuck out of drag yeah but I, i'm yeah i'm curious to know what the parameters for that are because i've never i would never hear a hetero guy call a woman trade it's more so a, a lgbt term okay in reference to someone that you find attractive and again that's subjective mm-hmm. to what you find well, terms take the game of telephone. Correct. It means one thing to Very one person, true. and they just kind of like take what they want from it, and the right. next person applies it themselves. And that's how wars Actually, are I started. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's <laughs> how wars are started. Like people, it's a matter of interpretation. Okay. And my trade would differ from what Donnie finds as trade as what you would find from trade. And so, trade is just an expression of what you find attractive and it's mm-hmm. a way to call it out in the moment mm-hmm. without being like damn like look at that ass or something like that it's right. like wow he's trade um because a lot of people it's not an open-ended term that's the thing about lgbt culture is like there are things that we like to be under the table and then there are things that we don't like to be under the table and it's very like pick and choosy mm-hmm. the terminology if i were to call if i were at the grocery store and i were like damn like so like my roommates who are both queer individuals mm-hmm. and you're like damn that boy is trade and he knew what that meant it becomes less discreet. It becomes right. a less discreet way to call right. that out. Okay, interesting. Um, and then I think with, um, I think those are probably some of the terms that new fans would be like, wait, what does that mean? Well, shade usually is pretty uncommonly. Yeah, maybe, I struggle with that Maybe just all one. my friends are I struggle with either that Real Housewife fans and or gagging. LGBT. Yeah. There's just, so. I mean, there are so many and it's kind of like you use context clues to kind of figure it out. So like, Those are things you can 
can figure out in the show for sure. Absolutely. But if someone says, oh, she's she's a fishy queen or yeah. he's trade, those are things where I'd be like, wait, what does that mean? 100%. Yeah. And those are very much like the two ends of the spectrum of like passability. Yes. So like Cameron is passable as a man, as a heterosexual male mm-hmm. out of drag. That's what makes him trade. Mm-hmm. Courtney is a passable woman in drag, which makes her fishy. Yes. Okay. Everything else is kind of a purple area. Okay. Um, so we know who your favorite queens are of the season. Of the season. Of the season. Who are you rooting for this season? Um, I, I'm a big fan of the New York girls mm-hmm. as well. Um, based off of criteria, we kind of discussed like precursoring the podcast. We're like... The girls in Chicago, in New York and like Chicago are geared towards a different market. They're they're serving, and I'm not saying this to be shady, they're serving a look per night. And it's it becomes very like groundbreaking. We're like here in the Midwest, we're serving multiple we have to do our face to be versatile for like four or six numbers. Mm-hmm. And so I always love a good New York girl and like Chicago girl and an LA girl. And obviously I'm rooting for a local uh, queen, Blair St. Clair, like, you know, that's huge. She's opened doors for queens in this community and shown girls in the midwest that you too can make it on the show and not be from new york chicago la Mm -hmm. like as long as you elevate yourself yeah um so that's really inspiring unfortunately like i don't know that like she's top five but like my top three of the season would have to be monet exchange Mm -hmm. miss cracker and then uh, it's a tosser between dusty ray bottoms and aquaria but like you said like with miss cracker like she has the personality and the look and that's a very much a contributing factor. But in terms of, like, what Drag Race is and what it looks for in its queens, there's a lot of, like, branding. And so what is it that Miss Cracker can go and do that Bob or Bianca hasn't done? Um, so that kind of gets weird for me. Um, so I'm definitely – I would like to see a darker queen win it. So, like, Dusty is kind of in that. Like, mm-hmm. she's fishy and passable, but she's also kind of, like, borderline, like, Dracula. Yeah. Like, low-key. Yeah. Like, she's, like, a grungy queen. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to call it now, and I'm going to say I'm Team Dusty Ray Bottoms. Mm-hmm. You know, I love Vixen. Like, the Vixen and I – the Vixen and I have been friends on Facebook, but, like, she has no fucking idea who I am. I know who <laughs> she is. There's no – I mean, I there's no way. Like, I'm not like going to even yeah. tease that she knows who I am. Um, <laughs> but I followed – I follow a lot of the Chicago girls because yeah. it's very congruent with the New York market. But it's a lot it's more a lot political. For us. It's a lot more political, and it's a lot more raw – because you have queens like the Vixen and Shea Coulee, um, Lucy Stool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who else? Oh my God, there are so many wonderful Trinica's queens. Trinica's up there. Kim's from there. Trinica. Yeah, Shot. you have so many girls from Soju. Soju. Um, I'm drawing a blank too. Rocky. Rocky. Yeah. Is it Rocky? Yeah or Rocky? Yeah. But he's very passable. He's like Miss Fame, but with personality. Okay, I'm not familiar. I'm so sorry, Miss Fame. I love you. She's. She's yeah. She's not gonna fucking listen to this podcast. Um, yeah. So those are my tops. And I have to agree with you. I like Dusty too because you know I love me some vampire, just like weird goffness. So I'm all about that. But I would like to see more from her in terms of who she is outside of uh, the black dots yeah. and the makeup, which is why I love Drag Race and why you all should watch as well. Because... Okay, Michelle, did you see the last episode? Right. I'm thinking I'm that. Kidding, I'm oh, kidding. Oh, come on. <laughs> You I enjoy I, mean. I enjoy that Michelle had got on to her, but I think it was a little too soon. And I think something tricky about drag races, making it from top fourteen to top ten or top five, is mm-hmm. you are very much like you have to stand out. And so bigger personalities like uh, Monica Hart stands out because she's such a big personality. Do I think she's a front runner for the season of Drag Race? Unfortunately, not. That's just not my cup of tea. Um, but 
I think you'll really get to see their personalities come like top five, top ten. Yeah. Definitely. And so I'm so hoping I'm Destin makes it to that to show us. And same with I Blair. I think she will because she straight up crushed the runway last time and yeah. she kind of took that challenge and said, okay, fine. I yeah. will show you how I'm not just my black dots. It's about applying critique. That show is very much about it's weird. She's playing to win. Which <laughs> it's is overwhelming. Why, well, and you know, we could get into a whole diatribe about that Absolutely. with like all stars and all of that. But yeah. um just have yeah. us back. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, I will say, yeah, Dusty, and then um, I love Aquaria because, but I'm like almost waiting for her to break, like the shoe to drop. Yeah, because she's so confident in herself and so awesome in a way that's not like, oh my god, you think you're the shit, and you're not. She does it in a way that's like, I can love myself too. Like you're fierce. It comes down to a lip sync thing, but... though, for me, like. If a girl can't perform in a lip sync, then what are you like? What are you doing? And that sounds really like shitty and shady, but like at the end of the day, that's how we build ourselves. And that's I guess why I get a little frustrated with like girls who are on Instagram like branding themselves solely. Mm-hmm. Um, that's frustrating because like you have girls who you know we take three hours to get fucked up to do a, a one hour gig, um, lip syncing and building a fan base, and so that gets frustrating. Yeah. So I'm hoping that it's not that, and mm-hmm. I don't think it is. Like I've seen her perform a couple times, and like she's. She she's definitely a force to be, she she's a force to be reckoned with absolutely i think it's just a matter of dialing back editing maybe maybe just editing but she's so far she's had drama with vixen and, and miss cracker and so that's not yeah okay there's okay. just a lot there um well thank you so much for chatting this has been awesome this has been one of my most favorite podcasts good it was great Thanks, thank you so much um Share with everyone where they can find you on Twitter and Instagram. Speaking of um, exploiting our social handles. Oh, yeah. I'm all for exploiting uh, social handles. So you can follow me at whoisboygorge on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter is a little bit more raunchy. Instagram is where you can find all my uh, best moments. And then Facebook is usually where you can keep up with me and see where I'm performing and see where I'm giving blowjobs. (laughs) (laughs) Not in this gown, though. This is expensive. No. No way. All these beads. And I'm on Instagram as DM Corum, and I don't know Twitter. It might be just D O N C O R A. I think it's the same. I think it's Don Corum. I'll put it in the post. Yeah, check out Liz's post. It's really hard yes. to tag you and things. I know. I should. I, it was a long time ago. Before it's fine. We'll go over it when we do our photo shoot. Yeah. Thank you. Hey. Um, and of course, you can follow us at Pure Underscore Fandom. Check us out at PureFandom.com. We have so many other amazing podcasts. If you are a Sci-Fi Network fan, please check out Brad and Court Talk. They are one of my favorite podcasters of all time they're like the best podcast group ever uh myself and our senior editor meg bonnie are currently podcasting about the roswell reboot and um it's been super duper fun because we're gonna have some weird alien shit in it and you know that's my jam um and then stay tuned for our game of thrones rewatch when that starts because the show's coming back in like five years but um we will podcast about that again um so shout out to all our podcast loves and tune in to RuPaul's Drag Race every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, y'all. On VH1. On VH1. Yes, no longer logo. Come on, mainstream media. We are mainstream. <laughs> we are getting the mainstream. Um, and look for a post soon. Um, we're going to feature some of Donnie's most wonderful photos. Thank you. Thousands. Um, but we're going to do a series of RuPaul coverage. So make sure you tune in today. Thanks again for joining. Bye.